This is More Than Conquerors with your Bible teacher, Pastor Ray Hegestilianos. As a teaching pastor for almost 30 years, Pastor Ray's heart and vision is simply to build up God's army, enabling them to stand strong in their faith. As the senior pastor at Living Word Christian Church in White Plains, New York, Pastor Ray will challenge you today to begin your walk in integrity and victory, forever changing your life as transformed by the power of God. More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. The Bible warns us that fear is a spirit. Fear cannot and does not ever come from God, but rather always comes directly from Satan himself. It is, in fact, one of Satan's most powerful weapons in paralyzing the believer and making him as ineffective as possible for God's use. But fear does not have to control our lives if we understand how to break its power by applying the spiritual principles found in God's Word. Over the next six days, Pastor Ray outlines the four practical steps that any believer can follow in overcoming the spiritual power that comes through fear. We are reminded that this is a spiritual battle that must be fought in the spirit where every fear thought is replaced with a faith thought. Now, let's join Pastor as he continues to expose fear's evil nature and how he can best have victory over it. Many years ago when I first started preaching in my early days back in the Assemblies of God Church, I used to preach a whole lot about faith, 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 faith. Every message I ever preached was about faith. And even to this day, all my messages always seem to get back to faith in some way or another. And there was a, a woman who was a little bit older than me and had been in the Lord, a bit, I guess, a little bit longer than I at that time. And she called me aside and she said, uh, can I just talk to you about something? And I didn't like this one bit because I didn't want anybody to tell me anything, right? I knew everything and I didn't want anybody to tell me anything. I was cocky and snotty and I'm, I'm real sweet now, but, but, but so, so she called me aside and she said, um, she said, Ray, can I just share this with you? She said, you know, you teach about faith and I understand that faith is good. She said, but people can't really understand faith until they first understand grace and the love of God. And I said, what do you mean? And then she explained it. She said, because, because how can they have faith in someone they don't trust? Because they're not even sure if, they, if he loves them. Because trust comes from a love relationship. So they need to understand grace. And her idea, you know, her thought was that I needed to include more grace messages in, in my faith teaching. And, you know, I didn't like it one bit and I didn't want anybody to tell me anything. But I'll tell you what, it really did shoot into me because she made perfect sense. And I began to research that and check that out. And, and then I realized, I said, yeah, it's hard to have faith without understanding the love of God. It's hard to stand against fear if you're afraid of God himself. How can you have faith in a God that you fear? That's why the Bible says that there is no fear in love. In this relationship between you and me and, you know, between me and God, you and God, me and God, in this relationship, there is no fear. There should be no fear factor ever coming into it because his perfect love in my life, that, that hand of protection on my life, that love that he has for me. See, the Bible says that, the Bible says that when they mess with you, they mess with God, that you're the apple of his eye. When they come against you, it's like they're coming against God. When you understand how important and how special and how much God loves you, Boy, it's easy to dispel that fear. You can begin to walk forward with confidence in your shoulders. I'm not perfect. I haven't done everything perfectly. But God, you still love me the way I am. So I can walk fearlessly in this life, not afraid 
of anything in this life because the outcome of my life is going to be good because my life has been given to you. So this perfect love of God, it says here, again, there is no fear in love, but the perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Let's open our Bibles to the book of Matthew, and let's just go through a familiar story to many of us. I've used this illustration or this um, particular passage of scripture a number of times, but I want to go back over it because I think it gives us a great contrast between fear and faith and how they work. And here in Matthew's gospel, chapter 14, let's go to verse, uh, we'll start at verse 22. Let's read through and then we'll go back and make some comments. Verse 22, immediately it says, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had seen the multitudes, or when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus stretched out his hand, caught him, and said to him, O you, a little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Verse 34 says, When they had crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret. Um, So, here we hear the story. Jesus tells his disciples to get into the boat. He goes up to the hills to pray. So they obediently get into the boat. And now one of the questions, one of the things that I want to pose to you here today is do you not think that Jesus knew that they were going to find themselves in a storm when he told them to get into the boat? Do you think that that storm somehow slipped by Jesus' attention? Jesus knew exactly what they were about to face in their lives. Doesn't it sound like life? I don't know about you. The course of my life, I've hit a lot of storms. How about you? In pursuit from one place to the other, there have been some storms and some turbulence along the way. Jesus knows the turbulence that you and I are going to face as we move along through life. And uh, now all of a sudden, here's Jesus walking on the water. Now just get a picture of this. It's dark, it's dreary, it's raining, thunder is crashing, lightning is flashing, right? The water is whipping around. And here's Jesus walking, walking on the water. And it says they were afraid. You'd be afraid too if you saw somebody walking on the water. You know, you're afraid when acorns hit the roof in the middle of the night, you think somebody's on the roof, right? So here they, <laughs> they've got this, they got this, this, what they think is a ghost, this, this body on the water walking. On, who walks on water? I mean, this is a novel idea. Nobody's walked on water before, and they think it's a ghost. Jesus cries out, cries out to him and says, it is I, do not, what does he say? Do not be afraid. He didn't want fear to get into their heart because, you know, fear gets in, man, it's going to mess up your life. So he said, do not, well, you know, one of the things I learned about this is that Jesus speaks peace to every one of our storms. In the midst of every storm, the word of the Lord to you is, peace, be still, it is I. I'm right here in the midst of this storm. All right? So... So I don't have to be, I don't have to be afraid when I'm going through a storm because Jesus is right there with me and he's going to calm this storm if I just, if I just persist. All right. So he says, be of good cheer. It is I. So now Peter, the loudmouth. I love Peter. I think, you know, of course he gets a lot of, uh, he gets a lot of, uh, uh, 
criticism because he, he sank. You know, he went down. But man, he was the only one. He says, Jesus, if it's you, tell me to come. And listen, you better be careful what you pray for. Jesus said, come. And Peter, you know, was the only one who was bold enough to, to, dare, to dare to think that he could do what Jesus was doing. To dare to think that he could walk on water. And so he, Jesus says, come. All right, come on, big guy. And Peter throws his feet over the boat. And he begins to walk on water. Let me tell you what, this is a novel idea. People don't walk on water. Did you ever see anybody walk on water? This is novel, man. Peter sets his feet on the water. It's like he put his feet on solid ground. And he starts walking to Jesus. Jesus told him to come. And he had the faith enough to come out of the boat and put his feet in the water. See, some of you have got to get the faith enough to come out of the boat. Fear, listen, listen to me, look at me, everybody. Fear wants to keep you in the, fear doesn't only want to keep you in the boat. Fear wants you to turn around and start rowing back to shore. Ooh, this is too heavy for me. Flip this thing around, turn this thing around. We're going, I'm going back to shore. He came out of the boat. Some of you have got to come out of the boat of fear and begin to do those things that seem impossible or seem like, you know, you know, uncomfortable. Never, nobody's ever walked on water before. But Peter walked on water. My Bible says Jesus walks on water. It should say Peter walked on water because it's a greater miracle that Peter walked on water than Jesus. So Peter starts to make his way to Jesus. Jesus is standing out there in the middle of the, uh, of the ocean or the sea, Sea of Galilee, wherever it is. And he starts walking to him. But notice what it says is that he, he started to look at the sea that was rough and turbulent and the thunder and the lightning and the rain and the wind that was all around him. He's in the middle of a storm, yet he's walking in the middle of this storm to Jesus. But when he took his eyes off of Jesus, it says that he became, he became afraid. And notice what the next thing it says. It says he became afraid and then beginning to sink. You don't begin to sink. If you go st- step out in water... You don't begin to sink, you sink. There's no such thing as beginning to sink. Right? When you step in water, brother, sister, you go plop right down, man. You don't begin to sink. He was walking on top of the water, but the moment that fear got into his heart, guess what? Faith started to drain out. As faith is draining out and fear is coming in, he begins to sink. That teaches me something. That just because there's fear sometimes in my life doesn't mean that all my faith is gone. The fear factor started in his life. See, now if I don't deal with it, fear is going to overtake me and I'm going to sink. But as the fear was coming in, faith is draining out and this process is happening and he begins to go down. Now, if he had just dealt with the fear at that moment, he would have went right, right back up. He just dealt with it right there. So he cries out to Jesus. And what does Jesus do? Jesus grabs him by the hand, walks him back to the boat. And you would think that Jesus would say, man, that was great. I mean, if, if I was out in a boat with you and you started walking on water, I'd say, man, that was awesome. Uh, you got, you're better than me, brother, sister, man. If you walked on water, I'd say, you're better than me. Jesus puts him back in the boat and he rebukes him. I wouldn't rebuke you. I'd say, man, good for you, brother. You're walking on water. But Jesus, 
You of little faith, why did you doubt? Why did you allow fear to overtake you when you were walking on water? This is a question I like to pose to a lot of believers today. Why did you let fear come and drain you of your faith when you were doing it, man? You were walking it. You were living it. You were talking it. You've seen the benefits. You've seen what God will do. You're, what, how did you allow fear to come in and wipe you out and cause you to sink? Why did you? And G, see, Jesus didn't say, oh, man, that was great. Good try. Good try, Peter. He said, why did you doubt, man? Why did you stop believing? Why did you, te- why did you put your eyes on the circumstances and took your eyes off of me? See, when you look at, let, let me teach, teach you something about fear. When you look at the circumstances so intently and meditate, look at the circumstances, let me tell you what, fear is going to grip hold of your life. That's why that all the time, but most especially when you're going through a storm, that's the time for you to just put your eyes fixed so tightly on Jesus. Keep your eyes on the word of God. Because if you don't, Fear is going to start to come in, sap you of your faint faith, and you're going to begin to sink. You're going to start going down. So it is so important for us to understand this principle. Faith keeps you on top of the water. Faith keeps you doing the impossible. Faith keeps you doing the miraculous. Faith keeps you doing things that you never thought you could do. Fear is going to rob you of the blessing and tell you, even though you're doing it, fear wants to tell you you can't do it. Just like it did to Peter. Peter was doing it, but fear was convincing him that he could not do this. And he started to sink. And that's how the enemy works. That's how the enemy steals and robs and imprisons and intimidates people by the motivation of fear or through the spirit of fear in your life. Because even though sometimes you're doing it, even though you're, you're in the midst of walking on the water, so to speak, in life. Your eyes come off of the word of God, off of Jesus. You begin to look at the circumstances. Well, I have no money. Well, I don't have a place to live. Well, I don't have this. Well, I don't have that. I got to start doing something. Do anything. Do anything. And people make the dumbest decisions because of fear in their life. You're doing it. Why did you stop doing it? Keep walking it. Keep trusting Jesus. Keep your eyes focused on the word of God. Don't let fear... Don't let fear come in and rob you of the blessing of God, of your, of your opportunity to, to see the miraculous and to see the impossible being done in through your life. There's another story in the Bible that I love, the story of David and Goliath. Right? David slaying Goliath. And uh, Saul and the armies of God are out there on one side of the valley, and the Philistine army is on the other side of the valley. The Philistine army is, you know, cursing them and saying all these things and being mean and ugly. And they push out Goliath, mean, Goliath, Goliath. I'll give you Pastor Ray's version. Goliath was mean, nine feet tall, three feet wide, big, ugly teeth, breath stunk. I mean, really stinky breath, man, had body odor. He was bad. He was mean and bad and ugly and gross. And, and he had a coat of armor and javelin and spear and all this kind of stuff. And, and he's standing on that side and he's defying the armies of God and cursing them and you know, telling them that he's going to eat them for lunch. And, 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 and the armies of God, the armies of the living God are on the other side of the mountain there, of the valley. And they're shaking in their boots for fear of this guy. So, so there's this little guy named David and he was probably about my size. <laughs> Handsome, you know. Anyway, <laughs> he, he's sent by his father to go bring cheese. He's the delivery boy. He's the pizza guy. 
He goes to bring the cheese to the army of the living God. His brothers are out there, you know, trying to figure out what they're doing. They're all shaking in their boots because of Goliath. And he walks in the midst of them. David comes with his bag of cheese. And he's like, what's going on here? Why is everybody shaking? What, what, what happened? What's going on? What's up? <laughs> what's up? And, uh, and uh, they're all, oh, didn't you hear? There's, there's this big, ugly giant on the other side that's, you know, saying all these nasty things. He's being mean to us. He's being real ugly to us. And David, uh, David looks at it and he says, uh, of course, this is just Pastor Ray's version, so go with me. He says, you know, well, well, who is this? Who is this guy? He goes out and he takes a look at him. And he comes back and he says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who is he to defy the armies of the living God? Well, you know why he called him an uncircumcised Philistine? Because first of all, he was uncircumcised. When circumcision, <laughs> circumcision, circumcision was something that was done to the Jews and still to this day. And it was a sign or an act that made them a part of the covenant of God. So David, short little guy probably, my size, whatever it be, he goes, he's saying, he's an uncircumcised Philistine. He's not in the covenant of God. He doesn't have the rights, the privileges, the protection of Almighty God. Who is he to speak like this to the armies of the living God? So he goes to Saul, he says, everybody, I'll go, I'll go fight him. Let me, let me go take him. Saul says, you can't, you're just a youth, you're just a little, I know how that feels because I've been tossed out of things too because of my size. You can't do this. And I've been told that you can't do that. And you know, so on and so forth. You're, you're, you're not, you're, you're too small. You're too, you're too inexperienced. You're too this, too that. Let me see. Let me tell you what, when you have faith in your heart, it doesn't matter your stature, your education, doesn't matter your level of experience. When you've got faith and you don't let fear get in, you don't let the spirit of fear get in and control you, you can do the impossible. So, so Saul says, all right, all right, big guy, just to shut him up. He says, here, let me put you, in, let me dress you in my own armor. So he puts, he puts this armor. Could you imagine this little David holding the armor and he's walking around like this. He's got the helmet, you know, the thing falling down. He's like bumping into things. He says, wait a minute, Saul, I can't go with this stuff on. He says, I, I'm not used to wearing this kind of stuff. He said, well, how are you going to do this? He said, listen, when I, you don't know this, but when I was in the desert, I, I fought the bear and I fought the lion. I tore them apart and I captured the lamb from their mouth. He says, I, I can do this. So he throws off the coat of armor and he has his little, little leather, you know, bikini on, whatever that thing is. <laughs> of course, in the movies, they make it look like a thong, you know, or something. So he's got his little, little skirt on there or whatever it be. He's got something over his chest. This is Pastor Ray's version. Let's, let's, let's just try to color it and make it a little bit more interesting. And he goes to the, to the river and he gets five smooth stones. And he puts them in his pouch and he goes out there and Goliath is ridiculing him. Fear, left, trying to intimidate him. Who are you? Who's this little twerp? You're going to come, what am I, a dog? You're coming at me with sticks? I'm going to eat you for lunch. David just looks at him and says, you come at me with little guy, the audacity man of faith. He wouldn't let fear get hold of him. He wouldn't let fear grab hold of his heart. Let me tell you what, take courage, my brother. You got to rise up with the, with the faith and the courage of a David. He says, you come at me with spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the living God. And with that, 
He takes this little stone, he puts it in the sink, boom, bam, just like that. Knocks him right out, dead. Do you really think that little stone is what knocked him out? It was the anointing of God that worked through the hands of David. See, David had enough courage and resisted the fear, enough courage to take what he had and to do something with what he had and refused to take the fear because he knew that he was in covenant with the living God, that God would go with him, God would go before him, God would give him the victory if he would just stand up to it and refuse to be intimidated by the fear. Fear wants to intimidate you, bind you, and put you into a spiritual prison and prevent you from accomplishing the things that God would have for you to do. So, so, now after David did this, all of a sudden, boldness came upon the armies of of the living God. Because as fear is contagious and transferable, so is faith and courage. When you rise up in faith and courage, that spirit of faith and courage will start to fall on your family, on your kids, on the people you're leading. Just like fear will fall on them, faith will fall. So now the the armies of of the living God rise up and they go across and they, you know, because the Philistines now are freaking out because they saw a super and they saw this little guy with nothing but a slingshot. See, See, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta look at you. Who refused to be, who refused to accept the tactic of fear and the, the murderous threats that this giant, this evil giant was trying to hurl at them. He refused, he resisted it. He said, I'm, I'm, you may be bigger than me, you may be stronger than me in, in, the, in the physical sense, but I am in the covenant with God and God goes with me and God will use what I have to slay you and to bring you down. And he did. David won and they went over and looted and took all their goods and you know the rest of the story. So, so you see, you see fear has got to be dealt with in that way. We're called to be men and women of faith and courage and trust in God. Now it doesn't mean that we're not going to be, you know, we're not going to be assaulted by the spirit of fear through the course of life. There are times, even to this day, I'm being dead honest with you. I told you, you know, in those beginning, but even I'm being dead honest with you. Even in the day that we live. Sometimes fear tries to get hold of me. You know, well, I don't know if I want to do that. I'm kind of afraid of what the outcome's going to be. Or now what's going to happen? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Now, I'm, I'm the pastor, the mighty man of God and of faith and power and courage, right? But even sometimes fear wants to try to come back on me, to try to prevent me, hinder me, halt me, stop me from making those decisions. So I've got to put into action and put into effect all the things that I've learned. You see, the one thing about fear that I've learned, and, and if you put everything that I'm going to say next week, uh, today, and what I say next week about it, if you take everything and you put it into one little bite-sized piece, the one thing about fear is that you have to stand up against it and you have to do the thing that makes you afraid. If you do what makes you afraid, you will break the power of fear and you will be afraid no more. So whatever it is that you're afraid of, you've got you've to face it and you've got to break the power of Tune in tomorrow afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray. 
If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry. Just mail your request with your check to More Than Conquerors or MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Be sure to include the date of the message you're requesting. If ordering a complete Bible study series, a minimum love offering of $20 is appreciated. Identify the series and include the word series in your order. If you simply want to sow a gift into the work of the MTC Radio Ministry, go to livingwordchurch.org and click on the Give Online Radio Ministry tab. Or send your check to MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Pastor Ray invites you to visit Living Word Church in person or via their weekly live stream broadcast Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. But before we go, here's a final word from Pastor Ray. This is Pastor Ray Hegistilianos. It's always a privilege to share the life-saving, life-changing Word of God with you, our listeners. And today, as always, I trust that these messages are impacting your life in a very positive way. Remember that as life's challenges come, we are more than conquerors. This has been More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray Hegistilianos and is provided by Living Word Christian Church, White Plains, New York.